Hi everyone, so this is part two of the talk about in search for land. So I'll see you in the episode. So the big question is this, how do we live in more sustainable and regenerative ways? How can we tap into the ancient secrets of living in harmony with the sacred nature of life? How do we embody the interconnected web of life that thrives in abundance within each of us? That is the question, and this podcast will explore the answers. My name is Craig Hubbard, and welcome to Shambhala Living. Hi everyone, and welcome back to part two of this driving episode. So, the, uh, <laughs> I went off course, and I think I went off course in my podcast as well. The original thing that I was sharing was that to try and give hope to those that are looking for their long-term property and that they're having trouble either finding it or it just seems like they've got to fit so many parameters into that dream and they that seems really hard these days to, to find that dream property at a budget you can afford. So I wanted to give hope to you that actually you, you, might, you may not need all the things you, you think you need at least from the, the food growing self-sufficiency perspective so but I went off track and, and shared the story of a story within that story of, of finding our property I thought so kind of just coming back to that I thought that first property at Mullaney near Conondale was my final property I thought like I had images of me becoming an old man there and where I would get buried and you know maybe a little bit morbid but I really thought that was my long-term place and I was investing into that in the infrastructure as if it was that fast forward five years my kids are are now I had a five-year-old and a a three-year-old and I'd been doing the farmers markets with Jim driving to Noosa life had changed I'd had a a good taste of five years living off grid and learning to grow food I could have stayed there but then opportunity to come up to jump ship and buy a different property and, and then sell the other one so and some of the things that were on my list went out the window in order to get other things so I guess it's always about balancing of the list of, of things and maybe you'll get you'll hold out until you get every single one or and and I'm a firm believer in we create our reality we can manifest our dreams my question is well I guess based on these questions that I've been getting from other people what are the things that I should be looking for so I I've shared in the last episode that that Jim would share with me what he would look for and that was soil deposits from rivers from the alluvial riverbeds that would deposit soils that is not a thing that I really have access to now because my budget was lower there wasn't as many options around and what I've come to learn is that pretty much everything you can grow and create on site so now instead of me looking for those beautiful alluvial river flats to grow veggies I have 
learned and now demonstrated that we can grow food in a car park on a on a rocky car park you can grow food on a concrete car park you could grow food on a roof I've had properties where there was underground water or river water and then I've had properties that are landlocked and there's no water however it rains most places um, at some point and you can capture that water so then even that we can store our, our own water we can direct redirect the water that lands on the property so therefore the mo one of the most important things for growing food which is soil and also water right now you can eliminate from needing to have that inherently built into your property because if you're trying to find a property with you know beautiful drinkable spring water and really good soil then plus the other things that you want a certain home certain aspects close and proximity to certain regions or things then maybe you might have to give up one or two of the things on your list so I guess you just have to determine what are the most crucial and what can you develop there like if you're can you develop community either on the property or around the property I've seen communities been built in the most remote places and it doesn't take a whole lot to ha have a sense of community you can build community with five or six families um, living within a close proximity or even on the same block and then I've seen the reverse where there's houses all around and there's no sense of community so I think community is something that you build but you obviously need people like-minded near you or, or sorry like-minded attracted to to that area so that you can build some community water is a big one people often buy properties um, or they at least think that that's a necessary thing on the list again I I think if you can find it then, then that's that's awesome but don't sacrifice other things in order for that because you can store water you can you can create water sources and make sure each of your roofs have got a tank under them um, you can put dams and then you could in some places you can tap into the underground water then the soil you can definitely create amazing soil some of the, the best soil that I grow in was not soil just a, a few months ago and it's been created built out of waste products either on site or on off site or at another location and we call this composting so you can start that process now of building your compost your worm farm to create the soil life that you can then take to your your next property i also think that I've had the experience of, of thinking something's going to be my long-term property where I will die um, or at least retire and moving from that and going to somewhere that interestingly wasn't as picturesque it had a lot of I haven't yet had the experience where every single thing on my list was ticked maybe my list is pretty long but my willingness 
to at least have a few of the top things, the non-negotiables, that made me more adaptable, made it quicker for me to be able to find that place, and I was able to act faster than, than others because the one that I ended up buying was a flat farmland that was pretty broken down and, and dilapidated and it looked like a dump when I bought it. The soil was not very good and a lot of the things that I thought were imperative to be living off grid the, the, were, were not present but it did have a few things. It had community around it, it had location, proximity to the ocean, which was really important for me. And the rest I've built over time. So the soil, capturing the water, redirecting the water, digging a dam, and there's certain things that I've put up with that does flood, but it doesn't come in our house and the flood goes away. And I've made levee banks and uh, key line water structures to help direct the water where I want it. So, I, and, and one of the, the most kind of exciting things for me to share with, with more people is that even the size, I didn't need as much size as I thought. So right down to the latest project, if you, if you haven't been um, following along, we've been documenting the process of turning our backyard. So we're on a farm, we're on a 12 acre farm at Duna now called Shambhala Farm. And on that farm, we've, we've got our little house that was the converted um, shed that we added onto, and that's now the house. We've got a, a little backyard which was just a grassy backyard that most times would flood and I didn't do anything with it because it was really crappy land but it was it had grass on it and we had the trampoline for the kids and, but this year in 2022 we've decided to document just how much food we can grow in even that size place which was 18 meters by 16 meters and we extended a little bit further and got 18 meters by 18 meters we kept the trampoline right in the middle and we've done a circular garden all the way around it and right now we're growing thousands of plants and you can see the whole progress on YouTube under on our YouTube channel called Shambhala Living and it's under a series called the Backyard Foods uh, Backyard Food Sufficiency Challenge and we, we go through from the planning stages right through to uh, making the gardens on a budget, bringing in soil on top of the crappy soil that was there, getting up out of the floods and making compost, worm farms and growing a whole lot of food in order to live you know, self-sufficiently. And I, I say self-sufficiently with inverted commas because I don't actually believe in self-sufficiency anymore. I believe in community sufficiency. So I think that self-sufficiency is possible, but I think it's harder and I think it's smarter to be connected with a community, a 
and that community might be in a, a really close-knit neighborhood or it might be on rural properties where your closest neighbor might be you know a 10-minute four-wheel drive away or a horseback trip away or, or maybe it's a lot bigger and your community is online and that that is also a real community you know like maybe you can't share food together but you could still be posting seeds to each other and still be sharing information and ideas and encourage each other so I think that that is something that I didn't have when I first moved um, social media was only just starting to come out and and it was I, I didn't embrace it back then I, I didn't feel that I, I felt it was more just I think a yeah, I guess I felt it was a fad, or it wasn't. It wasn't real, and, and now I'm I'm seeing that there is some real benefits. You know, we run our course now online, and there's a a real online community, and we're from all over the world, and there's growers from all different regions and spaces, all sharing their ideas, their triumphs, their challenges, and together can solve the, the problems, we come up with creative, sustainable, regenerative solutions together and also have that social aspect that we can, you know, not feel isolated and feel like we're the only ones uh, experiencing the challenges that we experience. So I think that a lot of the things that are on our lists can be dealt with and therefore that opens up well then what are the non-negotiables what actually do you need in order to get a property i think that it's not for me to tell you that you'll never that we that having the forever property is a is not a thing like who cares if it is who cares if it's not for me it doesn't if it's not my forever property or if it is i'm still going to plant a veggie garden i'm still going to plant a food uh, a forest it doesn't actually have to cost a lot of money it's just time some people don't want to put in fruit trees and time because it's not their property some people they don't want to do it because maybe they're supposedly not allowed by the, the rental agent so I get some of those dilemmas I think that realistically it can be done in any size place in any scale you can have this regenerative living lifestyle and whether you're in an urban block check out our backyard challenge and you can see you can grow so much food there is thousands and thousands of species and there is so many creative ways of how to get them growing and get access to the pockets of sunlight that you've got and um, and also make it beautiful, make it um, inspiring and make it somewhere where your kids can really enjoy growing up or you can enjoy working from home and being out in the garden in the, in the gaps or, or you might be at retirement age and now is the time you're going to put energy into a, a garden with flowers, food, leafy greens, fruits and maybe it's just something to grow a little bit to 
exchange at the local swap or the seed sharing group. So there's so many different ways to get involved in this. And I guess I do want to dispel some myths about you needing to find a, you know, a large property, a farm, and go completely self-sufficient because the more I've been going into it, the more I'm scaling smaller and smaller and the more I'm seeing that I'm producing more and more, more diversity each year, more quality of soil life in micro spaces. And that to me is so exciting because it puts the, the solutions back into the hands of the people, puts it into, takes it out of the, the big corporations and even the big farms that actually us consumers, wherever we live, whether on rural, whether in a unit, whether in a, a, an urban setting, we can tap into it. It might be you have to start a community garden. Can you start a community garden on a concrete car park? Yes, absolutely yes. Do you have to excavate the car park and find the dirt? No, not at all. Can it still be organic? I would deem yes. There might be some technical challenges. Technically in Australia, you have to be touching the earth. So there'd be a challenge of that concrete probably is a barrier between you and the earth. So yes, maybe you wouldn't be able to get it certified unless you opened up that concrete. But above that, there is people growing organic, especially in the States, you're allowed to be above the ground. And there's rooftop certified organic rooftop gardens um, in the cities. And that can happen in any car park. So I we grow at the farm, one of the courses we turn a car park into a highly productive raised bed garden and that could happen in you could use spare land on a neighbor's property so I guess what I'm saying is don't be afraid to start where you are with what you have and do what you can so you don't need to to wait which I think is a big relief for a lot of people and it also means you don't have to find that perfect ideal property. I've seen a whole lot of those perfect ideal properties and they're so big, the mortgage is so big that the owners have to be in, in town. In fact, that's one of the things I first found about the local permaculture community that I was living near. There was over a hundred places, but uh, like a hundred home sites but more than half of them had to leave every day and commute two hours down to the nearest city so they could work in their job to pay the mortgage for this place. So don't let the perfect place become the noose that actually means you can't live the life you want. Find something that you can afford. I think that's a big one unless you've got big dreams of making a business that you can 
up that, but, but why not start with what you can afford and then upgrade. You can always trade, trade in the property and get another one later. And if you've improved it and put food on there and put more regenerative ways of living, it's going to be worth so much more because the market values that and they value that so much, like hundreds of thousands of dollars more in the kind of environment that we had in 2020 and 2021 and even if that's not the case to, in the next few years it will be the case again and again every time we come into these times of, of hard times people will revert back to I want the, I want to live on the land or I want to grow my own food so any property that you've invested that in that will be worth more so and I think if you presented that to the owner of a property if you're a rental and you share with them that either you'll clear that up and take it with you which you can do in container gardens or if you can present to them the, the sketch to show them how it's going to look amazing or just make it look amazing and, and then be willing to bring it back to, to zero uh, if, if they don't like it which is pretty simple bring a bobcat in, put it all onto a truck and someone will take it for free or you might take it to the next property. But all the materials you're gonna use for a garden are universally useful, even in waste form. So don't ever think that I'll wait a year to plant. Just start planting seeds today. Put them on your windowsill in the city. Don't wait, start your, your compost, start your, the the Bakashi, start the outside compost, start a, a garden in a pot plant and grow some cherry tomatoes or some lettuce in a, in a little bowl. Just start getting something in the ground and then buy a property, if you're going to buy the property, buy one that you love, like something about it that you love because you're going to live there. Ideally, I'm talking to, to those that are looking to move and live um, you might not live there immediately but find something you love is it the, the vista is it the proximity to something is it um, the house is it the rooms is it the soil is it the trees and um, but remember a lot of those other things in fact pretty much everything you can create there it will just take some time and some inspiration but you can take the my language the shittiest property and make it the most beautiful property and there's so much inspiration out there so I hope that this long storytelling episode where uh, you've kept me company while I'm driving down this this uh, road towards northern rivers I hope that it might inspire you to if you are on the search for property, that I don't want to make you just buy the, the next thing and then you blame me. Oh, I should have waited. No, like, but I hope that you don't lose the property that you could have turned into a that gold mine or that pearl or whatever your analogy is. I hope you don't lose that by having such a list and I've seen some lists and they're pretty high and the lists that I've seen I'm still trying to create 
on the property and if you came to my property today a lot of people are like oh you're so lucky you got this for many years i would walk around the farm feeling a bit sick of oh my god i made the wrong decision you know this is not the right property and i don't know if if there is ever a feeling of like i think the only time you could ever have that feeling is if you walked into a property where a permaculture person or a or a regenerative grower or a centropic grower was there before you and they did all the work and then you moved on to it but personally that one that's going to cost you a fair lot of money two i believe that beauty is in the journey and the life is in the journey so it's not just in the outcome and so find find that that rough diamond and make it your project to make it more beautiful more regenerative more sustainable be that place where people where you can show a before and after and if you buy that place and you've got um <laughs> you know sick feelings afterwards of like oh my god what have i done i've spent too much money or i've got the wrong place in you know double down learn like invest in learning for the amount i spent on my property like hundreds of thousands and and the, the amounts that people are spending now million millions of dollars you can learn for literally thousands just you know even hundreds learn from others and don't learn from just one learn from dozens every single person that i've learned from permaculture teachers syntropic teachers farmers home gardeners and I've spent and I've done their courses on farm or on in person and online each time I've learned something different and if I add up all of them together I've probably spent 20 30,000 in courses and, and learnings plus spent you know dozens or more or thousands in business learning I've made that back you know 10 times in all of in my gardens in my in my time saving and before i was willing to pay to learn i did it on my own i was very staunchly i'm going to do this on my own i figure it out on my own oh man i spent i could give you story after story where i spent tens of thousands and then after i learned <laughs> i realized i didn't need to spend 20,000 hiring a bulldozer and a, and a guy and doing all this work and um, different buildings and different structures and different soil things that I could have just done so much cheaper so I guess the other thing is that I've seen people do is they stay out of the market for so long because their list is so high and which is awesome but it locks them out of the market and the prices go up and then they've got to stay out of the market in their job or their business working in order to try and get there so i think finding the place that meets at least a couple of your your criterias so that there's something that you and your partner or you and your family can be happy about immediately and then the other things now make them your life or your your long-term project to, to bring them into fruition 
that that is your gift to that property and quite likely your gift to family and world um, I think I've, I've said it a lot I think that the the regenerative growers the gardeners of this world I think they're the ones that are going to be make the biggest change to help us look after the soil the soil life the soil diversity and pave the way for civilization to to thrive in the future because if we try to thrive without nature as our partner and we try and go against nature which is exactly how traditional western ways of food growing and pretty much everything else economy transport business it just wants growth 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 forever and that's just not um, sustainable that's not in line with nature's rhythm so I think it's the gardeners and those that can take ideas and put them into entrepreneurial ways I so I believe it's the, the gardeners and I have a soft spot for entrepreneurs and I love talking to both gardeners parents and entrepreneurs because I think those three characters are the, the ones that have the most to lose therefore they're the ones that are going to take the responsibility to make the changes necessary for their own potentially selfish desires but therefore for civilization to thrive because if their families thrive and they realize the gardener aspect of them realizes that the only way for their family to thrive is to allow nature to thrive and if they've got that entrepreneurial drive to make something that helps the world in that area that's a win-win-win for nature for the family for the individual family and for the, the larger community as well so I hope that this has said like kind of given you a shake up to say all right whatever that list is see which properties tick off the boxes but remember that then it's not meant to tick all of them and you didn't fail if you buy a property with and where they not ticked now that's your mission to make make that happen if it says natural water source well and you don't and you're in a suburban property put it put a tank in even if it's a small tank collect some water now you have a natural water source it's collected from the rain it's the one of the still today one of the best sources of water you can still filter it and do what you need to do but it is one of the best sources of water it's going to be uh, you don't want to just spread that everywhere you want to make that that's your gold if it's collected from the rainwater and it's those that have the rainwater tanks and therefore especially those that are kind of living a more sustainable regenerative life they're going to realize just how valuable water is rainwater especially so I'll, I'll finish this episode or this, this second part it might be 
have to be broke up into multiple ones but thanks so much for coming on this journey with me I'd love to hear your feedback like I'd love to hear did it actually um, help you to narrow down your choices to find that property and and this doesn't just go for buying properties this is also good for rentals like why do why does just because we rent something mean we can't live this regenerative dream I've got so many examples of people in rentals just being more regenerative um, more sustainable more self-sufficient more community sufficient than people with the most amazing properties so don't ever think the property will make you regenerative no it's the information and the action that you take that will make all of the difference so hopefully this does inspire you to go out and take some action i'd love to hear what what that action is or if it if it did actually inspire any kind of change thank you so much and i'll see you in the next episode lots of love bye for now Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shambhala Living Podcast. If you enjoyed it, then I'd love it if you would share it with some friends and subscribe to this channel and turn on notifications so you can find out when the next podcast comes out. You can find us at Instagram at Shambhala Farm and also check out our upcoming 12-week food growing course. You can find out more details on our newsletter list or on Instagram. I'll see you on the next episode.